The Rise and Progress of Religion and the Soul, a more particular account of the way by which this salvation is to be obtained, a prayer for the sinner deliberating on the expediency of falling in with this method of salvation. Consider, O my soul, what answer will you return to such proposals as these? Surely if I were to speak the first dictate of this corrupt and degenerate heart it would be, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? To be thus humbled, thus mortified, thus subjected, to take such a yoke upon me, and to carry it as long as I live, to give up every darling lust, so dear to me as a right eye, and seemingly necessary as a right hand, to submit not only my life but my heart to the command and discipline of another, to have a master there, and such a master as will control many of its favorite affections and direct them quite into another channel. A master of himself represents his commands by taking up the cross and following him, to adhere to the strictest rules of godliness and sobriety, of righteousness and truth, not departing from them in any allowed instance, great or small, upon any temptation, for any advantage, to escape any inconvenience and evil, no, not even for the preservation of life itself, but upon a proper call of providence, to act as if I hated even my own life. Lord, it is hard of flesh and blood, and yet, I perceive and feel there is only one demand, yet harder than this. With all these precautions, with all these mortifications, the pride of my nature would find some inward source of pleasure, might I but secretly think that I had been my own savior, that my own wisdom and my own resolution had broken the bands and chains of the enemy, and that I had drawn out of my own treasures a price with which my redemption was purchased. But I must lie down before another, as guilty and condemned, as weak and helpless. And must the obligation be multiplied? And must the mediator have his share too? Must I go to the cross for my salvation and seek my glory from the infamy of that? Must I be stripped of every pleasing pretense to righteousness and stand in this respect upon a level with the vilest of men, stand into the bar amongst the greatest criminals, pleading guilty with them? and seeking deliverance by that very act of grace whereby they have obtained it. I dare not deliberately say this method is unreasonable. My conscience testifies that I have sinned, and cannot be justified before God as an innocent and obedient creature. My conscience tells me that all these humbling circumstances are fit, that it is fit a convicted criminal should be brought upon his knees, that a captive rebel should give up the weapons of his rebellion and bow before his sovereign if he expects his life. Yea, my reason as well as my conscience tells me that it is fit and necessary, that if I am saved at all I should be saved from the power and love of sin as well as from the condemnation of it, and that if sovereign mercy gives me a new life after having deserved eternal death. It is most fit I should yield myself to God as alive from the dead. But, 
O wretched man that I am, I feel a law in my members that wars against the law of my mind and opposes the conviction of my reason and conscience. Who shall deliver me from this bondage? Who shall make me willing to do that which I know in my own soul to be most expedient? O Lord, subdue my heart, and let it not be drawn so strongly one way while the nobler powers of my mind would direct it another. Conquer every licentious principle within, that it may be my joy to be so wisely governed and restrained. Especially subdue my pride, that lordly corruption which so ill suits an impoverished and condemned creature, that your way of salvation may be made amiable to me in proportion to the degree in which it is humbling. The sinner seriously urged and entreated to accept of this way of salvation. A prayer of a sinner yielding to these entreaties and declaring acceptance of salvation by Christ. Bless Lord, it is enough. It is too much. Surely there needs not this variety of arguments, this importunity of persuasion to court me to be happy, to prevail on me to accept a pardon of life of eternal glory. Compassionate Savior, my soul is subdued, so I trust the language of your grief has become that of my penitence, and I may say my heart is melted like wax in the midst of my bowels. O oh, gracious Redeemer, I've already neglected you too long. I've too often injured you. I've crucified you afresh by my guilt and impenitence, as if I'd taken pleasure in putting you to an open shame. But my heart now bows itself before you in humble unfeigned submission. I desire to make no terms with you but these, that I may be entirely yours. I cheerfully present you with a blank entreating you that you will do the honor to signify upon it what is your pleasure. Teach me, O Lord, what you would have me to do, for I desire to learn the lesson, and to learn it that I may practice it. If it be more than my feeble powers can answer, you will, I hope, give me more strength, and in that strength I will serve you. Oh, receive us all which you have made willing to be yours. No more, O blessed Jesus. No more is it necessary to beseech and entreat me. Permit me rather to address myself to you with all the importunity of a parish and sinner that at length sees and knows there is salvation and no other. Permit me now, Lord, to come and throw myself at your feet like a helpless outcast that has no shelter but in your gracious compassion, like one pursued by the avenger of blood, and seeking earnestly an admittance into the city of refuge, I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait, and in your word do I hope that you will receive me graciously. My soul confides in your goodness and adores it. I adore the patience which is borne with me so long, and the grace that now makes me heartily willing to be yours, to be yours on your own terms, yours on any terms. Oh, secure this treacherous heart to yourself. Unite me to you in such inseparable bonds that none of the allurements of flesh and blood 
none of the vanities of an ensnaring world. None of the solicitations of sinful companions may draw me back from you and plunge me into new guilt and ruin. Be sure to your Lord for your servant for good. Then I may still keep my hold on you, and so on eternal life, till at length I know more fully, by joyful and everlasting experience, how complete a Savior you are. Amen. A prayer in behalf of an impenitent sinner that chooses to remain unrepentant. Almighty God, with you all things are possible. To you, therefore, do we humbly apply ourselves on behalf of this dear immortal soul, which you see here perishing in his sins and hardening himself against your everlasting gospel, which has been your power to the salvation of so many thousands and millions. You are witness, O blessed God. You are witness to the plainness and seriousness with which the messages have been delivered. It is in your presence that these awful words have been written, and in your presence that they have been read. Be pleased, therefore, to record it in the book of your remembrance, that so if this wicked man dies in his iniquity after the warning has been so plainly and solemnly given him, his blood may not be required at our hand, nor at the hand of that Christian friend, whoever he is, who has given this message for him with a sincere desire for the salvation of its soul. Be witness, O blessed Jesus, in the day in which you shall judge the secrets of all hearts, that your gospel has been preached to this hardened man, and salvation by your blood has been offered to him, though he continued to despise it. And may your unworthy messenger be to God a sweet savor in Christ in this very soul, even though it should at last perish, but oh, that after all his hardness and impenitence, that you would still be pleased by your sovereign power, by your efficacious grace to awaken and convert him. Well do we know, O Lord of universal nature, that he who made the soul can cause a sort of conviction to come near and enter into it. Oh, that, in your infinite wisdom and love, you would find a way to interpose and save this sinner from death, that if it be your blessed will, you would immediately do it. You know, O oh God, he is a dying creature. You know that if anything be done for him, it must be done quickly. You see in the book of your wise and gracious decrees a moment marked, which must seal him up in an unchangeable state. Oh, that you would lay hold on him while he is yet joined to the land of the living and has hope. Your immediate laws and the dispensation of grace forbid that a soul should be converted and renewed after its entrance into the invisible world. But let your sacred spirit work while he is yet, as it were, within the sphere of its operations. Work, O oh God, by whatever method you please, only have mercy upon him. Have mercy upon him that he does not sink into these depths of damnation and ruin, on the very brink of which he so evidently appears. All that you would bring him, if that be necessary, and seem to you most expedient, into any depths of calamity and distress. Oh, that with Manasseh he may be taken in the thorns and laden with the fetters of affliction, 
if that may but cause him to seek the God of his fathers. But we prescribe not to your own infinite wisdom. You have displayed your power in glorious and astonishing instances, which we thank you. We have so circumstantially known, and by the knowledge of them have been fortified against the rash confidence of those who weakly and arrogantly pronounce that to be impossible, which is actually done. You have, we know, done that by a single thought in retirement when the happy man reclaimed by it has been far from means and far from ordinances, which neither the most awful admonitions nor the most tender entreaties nor the most terrible afflictions nor the most wonderful deliverances have been able to effect. Glorify your name, O Lord, and glorify your grace and the method to which your infinite wisdom shall seem most expedient. Only grant, I beseech you, with all humble submission to your will, that the sinner may be saved. Those your servants who have labored for their deliverance and happiness may view them in the regions of glory as a heaven to him who has loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us of condemned rebels and accursed polluted sinners kings and priests to god to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen a humble and earnest application to christ for mercy o my soul what do you say to these things is there not at least a possibility of help from Christ? And is there a possibility of help any other way? Is any other name given under heaven whereby we can be saved? I know there is none. I must then say, like the lepers of Israel, if I sit here, I perish. And if I make my application in vain, I can but die. But, peradventure, he may save my soul alive. I will therefore arise and go to him, or rather, believing him here by a spiritual presence. Sinful and miserable as I am, I will this moment fall down on my face before him and pour out my soul to him. Blessed Jesus, I present myself to you as a wretched creature, driven indeed my necessity to do it. For surely will not that necessity urgent and absolute. I should not dare for very shame to appear in your holy and majestic presence. I am fully convinced that my sins and my follies have been inexcusably great. More than I can express. More than I can conceive. I feel a source of sin in my corrupt and degenerate nature, which pours out iniquity as a fountain sends out its water. It makes me a burden and a terror to myself. Such aggravations have attended my transgression that it looks like presumption so much as to ask pardon for them. And yet, would it not be greater presumption to say that they exceed your mercy and the efficacy of your blood? To say that you have power enough to pardon and save only sinners of a lower order? Well, such as I lie out of your reach, preserve me from that blasphemous imagination. Preserve me from that unreasonable suspicion. Lord, you can do all things. Neither is there any thought of mine withholding from you. Job 42 verse 2. You are indeed, as your word declares, able to save to the uttermost, and therefore break into all the oppositions of shame and fear that you would keep me from you. I come and lie down as in the dust before you. You know, Lord, all my sins and all my follies. I cannot, and I hope may say, I would not disguise them before you or set myself to find out plausible excuses. Accuse me, Lord, as you please, and I will ingenuously plead guilty to all your accusations. I will own myself as great a sinner as you call me, but I am still a sinner that comes to you for pardon. If I must die, 
It shall be submitting and owning the justice of the fatal stroke. If I perish, it shall be laying hold as it were on the horns of the altar, laying myself down at your footstool, though I have been such a rebel against your throne. Many have received a full pardon there, have met with favor even beyond their hopes, and are all your compassions, O blessed Jesus, exhausted? And will you now begin to reject an humble creature who flies to you for life? and please nothing but mercy and free grace. Have mercy on me, O most gracious Redeemer. Have mercy on me, and let my life be precious in your sight. O do not resolve to send me down to that state of final misery and despair from which it is your gracious purpose to deliver and save so many. Do not spurn me away, O Lord, from your presence, nor be offended when I presume to lay hold on your royal robe and say that I cannot and will not let you go till my suit is granted. Oh, remember that my eternity is at stake. Remember, O Lord, and all my hopes of obtaining eternal happiness and avoiding everlasting, helpless, hopeless destruction are anchored upon you. They hang upon your smiles or drop at your frown. Have mercy upon me for the sake of this immortal soul of mine, or if not for the sake of mine alone, for the sake of many others who may on the one hand be encouraged by your mercy, to we or on the other may be greatly wounded and discouraged by my helpless despair. I beseech you, O Lord, for your own sake, and for the display of your Father's rich and sovereign grace. I beseech you by the blood that you shed on the cross, I beseech you by the covenant of grace and peace into which the Father did enter with you for the salvation of believing and repentant sinners. Save me. Save me, O Lord, who earnestly desire to repent and believe. I am indeed a sinner in whose final and everlasting destruction your justice might be greatly glorified. But, O, if you will pardon me, It will be a monument raised to the honor of your grace and the efficacy of your blood in proportion to the degree in which the wretch to whom your mercy is extended was mean and miserable without it. Speak, Lord, by your blessed spirit and banish my fears. Look to me with love and grace in your countenance and say to me as in the days of your flesh you did to many an humble supplicant Your sins are forgiven you. Go in peace.